to the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Tony Betts all the way through to the Cheltenham Festival 2021 and we are nearly there now by this stage you'll have listened to day one and day two Race Hour podcast preview of the Cheltenham Festival so this show is all about day three and day four it's myself Dean Ryan Dermot Nolan is here unmuting himself now Again, the, the exact same as the first one. <laughs> I was in my own world there. Yeah, I'm all, going. I'm all good, Dean. Yeah, we I'm all good, Dean. Yeah, that's great. Good man, Demo. Thanks for unmuting yourself. You can go back on mute now. Uh, Dave Weldon is also here. Dave. How are you doing? How are you? Yeah, it seems like a long time since we spoke, Dave. Yeah. But it's good to have you back on. And Stephen Cass. Hello. Dar- Dermo is there putting on his 90s trainers multiples there with Kim Bailey and... He's putting in a, a Jenny Pittman horse and an Edward O'Grady horse into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jim Reaper as well and just checking his entries as well. Reaper. Oh, God, you're showing rage now. Reaper. Oh, no. I'd almost do that again if it, if it wasn't so good. You know, over 35 has switched off now and you didn't know how to pronounce Jim Draper. Jim Draper. Grim Reaper. That's it. Um, okay. All right. Look, let's get down to business. Okay. Because people now at this point uh, either are done day one or day, day two. Maybe they listen to this on the eve of day three of the Cheltenham Festival. And uh, a lot of, um, I would say, recreational punters will, will be heavily, heavily involved in the first race we're going to talk about. And that's Envoy Allen. Now, if you're involved from a romantic sense, you just want Envoy Allen to keep on winning. Uh, I think everyone's in that camp. But if you're on from a punting sense, this could have been a long-term project. Envoy Allen and the Martian Novices Chase, we've all known pretty much the whole way through that this is where it's going to go. Um, I can't see it getting beat and I actually don't think too many will take them on, Stephen. Yeah, the, the big question here is, you know, the change of yard and, and how is that going to affect? And I haven't heard much good uh, horse people are funny, like, you know, the, 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 the horse husbandry side of it. Uh, all you hear is that routine is the most important thing to a horse and uh, having having the same people around them and you know they like this and that and then the same people talk out of the other side of their mouth and they say I'd be no bother to this fella sure this fella I'd fucking eat them like and it's just this typical horsey bullshit you hear all the time like it, it, it it's whatever suits them so I tried to do a bit of homework on this I I rang Richard O'Brien the trainer to see what he thinks he his theory is that um it's happened soon enough to Cheltenham for it not to be an issue in that the horse won't have started to lose condition from the switch that he won't have been as long as he's eaten up he won't have lost condition from being out of his uh, rhythm which is kind of mm. backs up what ruby said about the horse as going to the melbourne cup that it's only a couple two or three weeks and it's not long enough for them to get out of their rhythm that that that's okay on that front and literally as i hung up the phone with richard um in walk doing a connor's walter connor's is his wife into the shop here and she walter connor's is the man that bought this horse in Germany. Uh, he bought um, Esward Dallin as well. And I was just asking her what he's like. And she said, because the one thing that worried me with, with uh, Envoy Allen was you hear he's quirky. And I'd say Dermo could, could give us a line in there with Keith Donahue that, you know, he wants to be in the same place and in, in, in his work every morning. And he wears special boots. Wears special boots. Little, yeah, yeah so quirk. I said to her, look, I heard he's quirky. And she said he is quirky, but he's not buzzy at all. Like he's very... He walks around like he's the king of the castle. He's very relaxed, but he has his quirks, but not in a, he's not an edgy horse at all. Um, she said he's not fractious. He's not wound up. He's not buzzy. He's not a warrior. So she said she doesn't think it'll be a problem for him. Not that you can be sure, but I just thought it was interesting from someone that's handled yeah. him at such a young age. And don't forget this horse has come over from Germany. He then went to Walter Nunes. Then he went to Colin Bowes. Then he went to Elliot's. He's been to England before. So, you know, he's going to be jumping on a, a ship over anyway on Sunday or Monday. So for him, I, I, I don't think it's too much of an issue. And based on what Richard said as well, that it's more weeks and months down the line that it'll be an issue. Um, mm. You know, I'd say maybe he'll run here and he should run to form and then maybe he won't run a punch of stone and, and entry just, just switch off for the season. Uh, but uh, I think the Ballymore form, the, the only the only 
saving grace of the Ballymore form is the time was unbelievably good uh, relative to the Carl Cup. But like beating easy work in the big getaway, ugh, over fences, he's beaten January Jets assemble and fields do dairies. Like I know the form is working out uh, of the Drinmore, but like they're not two and a half mile horses. So he was really unimpressive for me the day at Punchestown. Yes, maybe he just does enough, maybe, or maybe he's just a 160 horse. So I think he's there to be beaten, you know, with the move, with his form. You know, he uh, Anton could run to 165 and beat this fella. And the one I like is Fusil Raffles. I think he's the most underrated horse in training. Uh, I think he could be a Gold Cup horse next year. He's actually a year younger than Anvay Allen, would you believe that? Um, mm. But he, be, he beat Fakir Duderis as a four-year-old. Uh, he's only ever really had two two poor career runs behind Epitant. Uh, actually, he won poor run over fences this year but he's three three from four over fences he was actually faster over two miles the same day as rouge viff and we all heard everyone purring about rouge viff's performance in the handicap in october fusil raffles was faster over the same course and distance and um, he then on his last run over the course and distance of the marsh he gave eight pounds to lieutenant rocco who everyone seems to be tipping up for the ultima and three pounds to chantry house beating chantry house 13 lengths that is serious form that's the best piece of chase form on paper, I would say in the race, he's ten to one without three places. I think it's a cracking bet. Yeah, uh, just mm-hmm. yeah, Fusil Raffles. I think he's a he, like he should be four to one without ten to one is absolutely massive. Seems big. Does seem big. I like a horse without as well, and that's Sham Blue. But that one would be favourite without Empire Allen. And I think Sham Blue's jumping is what I love so much about um, Skelton's runner. And I, I know that they've been aiming. Envoy Allen for, for some time they're going to get a chance to go at it Dave um, Stephen is finding an alternative angle and thinks Envoy Allen can be beaten anyway yeah and he's rubbed on me work leading water for Robert not enough stuff down there um, I, I love who's Raffles for this um, with yep. Envoy Allen in the market and without him um, like the pulled up run he didn't. He jumped a bit purdy that day that was put down to the soft ground um, the official going was good soft that day, but was changed to soft after Fusil Raffles' race. Um, then the step the trip and the beat in Shantry House was, was really good for him. Like Shantry House is 10 to 1 here, and Fusil Raffles doubled the price. That, that's just madness. Um, mm. He's five pounds better on official ratings, and he gave him weight in a beating that day. Um, he has a massive chance of this. The plan was this has been the plan the whole time. They put him away after that race because he needs good ground. They're going to get that here. Um, he should be second half in, in my in my book. Um, he's rated the same as Chamblou. Chamblou's a bit of a bit of a high horse with his jump because it's so good. I actually thought he was, he was fairly average the last day when he beat my Sporting John. Like Sporting John was fourteen to one. He, he that wasn't his. He wasn't there to win that race. You know, Chamblou should have won that race. Um, for my money. Um, this is going to come down to a small field again. I think the one scared of him by Allen when. He probably should have run scared of Envoy Allen. Like, yes, his form doesn't stack up, um, but he, the way he does it, it's very impressive. He seems to be, he travels everywhere and, and then quickens as well. And yeah, he's jumped super as well. Like, whatever about his form, he's jumped superbly um, this season. So he, he's the most likely winner, but Fusil Raffles is the wrong price at 21. Okay. Two walloping shouts there for Fusil Raffles, Dermo. Um, are you, I mean, I'm, I'm mildly convinced to get involved with that, I think, even though I love Shandler. Dino, yeah, Dino can I interrupt? Uh, sorry, sorry, Dermot. Do, do you not think Sean Blue maybe, I think he might be a flat track horse. Like his two worst runs were Sandown the last day and Cheltenham. I just, he, mm-hmm. He's such a good jumper on a level track. I just wonder, does he not like um, undulations? I just thought the last day that the ground wouldn't have been ideal. Anything yeah, better desperate. than that, which is going to be better here, um, is really going to suit. And, and the I, winner's I going like, to, the, to the Brown Advisory as well, which kind of says yeah, it all, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think he'd cover Sport and John on better ground. But like, this, I, I can just see him making this a decent test and they're going to have to come and, and pick him up. Now, Envoy yeah. Allen looks like he's got the class to do that. But I think Chamblou will be very close. Uh, he might finish second a bit, but I think it would be close to beating the rest anyway. That's my view. Um, yeah, so everything Stephen Casta there was uh, fascinating about Envoy Allen as well, and just just some uh, some notes on that. The uh, the very popular um, hashtag Keith said segment uh, won't be uh, won't be on the podcast for the uh, the next few weeks. Just uh, Keith's taken uh, a step back from the blog and was meant to be on the preview night the last night as well, Dean. So he's just uh, after a. A very tough week last week. I think they all just want to get their head down and just get back to work. So, um, so that won't Definitely. be continuing. Thank God. So, uh, 
Mikey Fogarty will be stepping in on bookmakers.co.uk. But anyway, um, and by Allen, yeah, I think he's in another league to all of these. Um, I I know his form over fences hasn't been great, but just nothing's turned up against him. I think it speaks volumes that, that Willie would prefer to put Franco Deport in the Arkle by what you're hearing than have a good uh, smack against them. Um, and by Allen, all the, all the notes you hear is that he just thinks that this horse is an absolute freak. I don't think there's anything that can live with this horse over fences this season as a novice. And I would imagine that it'll only be next season when this horse maybe steps into um, open company that we'll properly find out how good he is. Um, was the, the Ballymore form might have been great, as as Stephen alluded to, uh, the time was amazing. And that form of beating Darver Star out of the park as well in the Royal Bond, that's also a very strong form. So I think M.I. Allen has, has glimpses of absolute brilliance. I think he's just, he does everything really easy and then just kind of doesn't do it by by too far. That's just not the way that he does it. Um, but I think he takes the absolute world of stopping here anyway. Yeah, I think we can all uh, agree with that. But the the market right now giving you that opportunity, certainly around Fuzil Raffles uh, for the lads, David and Stephen there. And uh, and Sham Blue would be my shout against Envoy Allen uh, with and without, I think. And, and roll the dice. Why not? Um, the Ryanair is next up. Dave, I let Stephen steal your thunder in the previous race, but maybe you can steal his in the Ryanair. Um, Alaho, Min, Imperial Aula at Mellon, Faka, Dederis, Mr. Fisher, St. Calvados, and I've got everything in there between a bracket of like 5-1 to one and 9-1. to one. This is open. Yeah, it's trappy. Um, it's, it's probably one of the best, it's most, probably one of the most competitive um, great ones of the festival this week, and it's been shaping like that for a while. Um, Alaho was finally running over the right trip it's probably a couple of years too late and he might not be as good as we thought. Um, but he has a chance. I, I wouldn't have a favourite though. Mellon um, seems to always find one too good. Min won this last year, but um, St. Calvados was a bit unlucky and after retired, probably got a bit behind given we know he's a bit of a stayer now. Um, Sam Crow, there seems to be no chat about him. I'm not sure if he's gone or not, but he's a big prize based in the JLT last year and mm. he's come alive on the good ground and seems to go well at Cheltenham. Um, and Mr. Fisher, um, while he was only beating Kalashnikov the last day, Kalashnikov is a fair yardstick, um, and that was over course and distance, and the good ground should suit. Um, so to be honest, uh, you can make a case for many of them. Uh, I'd stick your pin in it ne- nearly and have a go at one if you fancy it. Um, I'd probably fall down the side of Mr. Fisher, which is something I didn't think I'd be saying um, this time last year. Yeah, um, it's something I will never say. Never been a big <laughs> fan of Mr. Fisher. <laughs> So hopefully I don't follow you in. But you've time to change your mind, Dave. I think that's a race I could change my mind six or seven yeah, times before, before the off. Um, I, I am a fan of Imperial Aura. I just wish it wasn't coming in with a fall. Otherwise, I'd be pretty confident it would be around a seven to two, four to one favorite for this. But Stephen Cashy, tell me what you make of the market. I think the market is about right. Like there's about eight of them could win it. Mm. Should be thirty you know seven to one each of eight i i haven't a clue which of them will win it you know it's just it depends on the price um yeah i i i, I tipped fakir Duderis on this he was around 33 to one so i hope he wins but he's short enough at eight to one because i'm not sure if there's one of them that can be a 170 horse it is alaho and maybe Imperial Aura. So yeah. either of those. But like, I hated what happened in Imperial Aura the last day. I, I just don't know what he was doing. Um, and he's normally such a good jumper. Alaho, I haven't, like I thought Alaho was the second coming. And I haven't been as convinced with him this season. Even though the, you know, beating Ellie May is good and so on. I I, just, I didn't think he was really firing either at Turles. So yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this race. Okay, I'm I'm mildly um, happy that you've suggested Imperial Aura could be that kind of horse because that's what I think Imperial Aura is. So you'll have to go and prove it in a Ryanair, which looks one of the most competitive uh, renewals we've seen in this in this race. And uh, I'd be on Imperial Aura at thirteen to two. Demo, give us the final word on the Ryanair, please. Uh, yeah, I think Mellon goes was very close. I, I think he has the potential over over this trip from the front um, to really put up a a massive showing. Like that was a huge performance at Christmas and dropping back mm. to this trip and being very aggressively ridden. We've seen winners like that in the in the Ryanair before. And if he gets into a rhythm like he did last year, it's just that second last that he needs to get over better because I still, watching back that race, I still can't believe that he didn't win that March chase last season. So at 8-1 to one or so, I just think Mellon is, um, he'd be my pick of the three 
of the Mullins horses. Min's hard to trust, and I've never liked Alaho. I think he's a bit tripless. Um, so I think Mellon for me is the is the bet in this thing. Yeah, and we rode in behind him last year, and I still think if you watch about that race, he beat Sakar, but um, I didn't get paid accordingly, so he didn't. Um, let's move on then to the stayers. I made this really simple on our preview night, which you can of course watch on on YouTube, um, and suggested that Time Hill was a certainty. Stephen Cass, I think Time Hill is a pig. I, uh, <laughs> I, sorry, no, I only did that because you said the way is a certainty. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think it's a nice thing to call a horse, and I, 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 I don't really mean that. You mean it in jest against me, Stephen, not the animal. That's no, fine. but I do. I really do think there's a bit of a hole in this fella, and okay. I, I okay. don't want to call him a pig. I don't mean that. No, no, no. But he, um, I think there's a chink in him. I think he's a yeah. bit of a phony. Uh, the last day. At Ascot, everyone said Paisley Park came on a run and caught him. I've watched it back a few times. Like, and Johnson was hitting him with his hitting him with Johnson's left hand, left hand down, trying to get him to go right. I don't think Dicky Dicky says he couldn't hear Paisley Park come. Whatever. I think the horse hung, and he hung away from trouble, hung away from action. I think he did the same at Cheltenham. I think he had every chance to go through the gap and he dodged it. And I think at Newbury, it was just a prep for Paisley Park. McFabulous is another fake, a phony. And it just fell into his lap. I think Time Hill is hugely overrated and has a hole in him. And I wouldn't fancy him at all. Paisley Park is now nine. I don't like his run style. Yeah, those horses normally give up the ghost. I was saying this last year and he did. And now he's come back miraculously. Um, <laughs> I think he's a more likely winner than Time Hill. I just think it's set up for a surprise. Um, I would say Flooring Porter is the one for that because he's the only pace in the race. He's going to get a freebie up front. Uh, he's only six. He's improving. And there'll be a catch me if you can kind of a thing. My only doubt on that is if you're watching the, the replay at Leopardstown, they literally handed him 10 yards, not in the sense that he went and made 10 yards, or 10 lengths. He, they literally just let him start 10 lengths ahead of the rest. Of them. So yeah. I don't know what to make of that. I can't put my finger on. I don't know how the time boys deal with that because he was, you know, do you start it at the start? He had a 10 length head start. So uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of that, but I would like Flooring Porter and I'll probably back him. Uh, I think, you know, there'll be a bit of wise guy money for the storyteller. He won't be good enough. And everyone will be back in Paisley Park Time Hill. So you might get 16 to 1 on the floor on Flooring Porter on the day. And I'd like that. And the other one I might have a small bet on um, is Dial Kerr. Because I would I think Beacon Edge should be running in this and he won't. Uh, and he'd have a right chance. I'd love to see him over three miles. But the fact that they're not running Beacon Edge here and they're running Dial Kerr, he'll be way better on better ground. He won a Limerick at Christmas um, and he was second to Sam's profile the last day. Uh, so I, I'll have a I'll have a bet on him on the day, but I think my number one pick would be Flooring Porter. Yep. Okay. I like the idea that Flooring Porter will get a bit of a freebie up front because nothing can carry Time Hill late enough into this race. So if Flooring Porter is ahead at the last and Time Hill can just then come past, I think it's, Time Hill will go yeah. past him, maybe past the line or something, but he won't. Uh, <laughs> won't be at the right time. Yeah. 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 Fair enough, uh, Dave. Can you uh, can you can you give me some support here? I'm getting cleaned out. Yeah, I know. I like time here. I, I must say, I haven't gone back and watched um, him specifically in in the last race and the and the Apple Bar last year and um, to see that chink that the cast is talking about. But um, I like him. I think he's progressive. The, the form from last year is good, um, and he was good the first day when Hobbs is like Hobbs's forms haven't really been firing. He doesn't he doesn't seem to be firing at all really the last couple of years. But um, this lad was good enough to win first time out. And he ran well the next day. I think he, I just think he got left alone too too long on the front. Roxana couldn't go with him, um, and then Paisley Park moved him. That, that's what I thought happened. Um, I think this is our Oscar. Put the wolf goggles on and view it with my eyes. Yeah, no, I will. I'll go back and do yeah. it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'll, I'll let you know. Wolf goggles. Yeah. <laughs> wolf goggles. <laughs> I think I think last year's winner is is too big a price, sixteen to one. Um, Emma Rebecca Curtis went back worked backwards from this race um and it was a much better performance the last day um at Haydock I think it was second run after wind up now of course in this form a sixteen to one is too big a price like you could make an argument that could be eight to one ten to one 
um, for him. And I think, like, sorry, the birthday has a chance. He seems to be a bit underrated now, and no one seems to be talking about him when all they could do was talk about him after he beat French Dynamite um, at Navin first time out this season. Um, and the storyteller, while he might not be good enough to win, I, I think he'll run to a place as well. It, it's wide open. Um, I think it's it's a better race than 3 to one join Fabs suggests. Um, it could be a little bit bigger and a few others a little bit shorter. I like Ron Porter as well, but I agree with Cassie. He got a bit of an absolute freebie in front. Um, it'd be interesting to see what price he goes if, say, the boss Oscar was to win for temps before this. Um, would that then build support into, into the Cromwell horse? But at the moment, it's time hill and then a little each way on Lisn Oscar, but I'm open to persuasion on that. Okay, uh, take it as a semi-nod for, for Time Hill, and I'll take a little bit from that. Uh, Damo, make sense of the uh, the stairs for me in summary. Uh, yeah, I do agree to, with Cass to a degree that the horse do, does have a kink. There's there, there can be no doubt about that, but I think this race, he probably won't have a minute to actually, um, to actually think about things anyway. Like I think horses like him and Abracadabras and a few more, their, their biggest issue, and, and might by proved it before, their biggest issue is when they have a few uh, furlongs in front of them to actually, to actually think about it. So I see Florian Porter going off in front, and I see Liz Oscar sitting just behind him, and I see the two of them kind of battling it out for the pace. There's, there's going to be ample pace on here. Um, and then you see the likes of uh, Time Hill and Paisley Park and them kind of closing up afterwards. And Dial Care definitely has a, a, a mention here as well. So I think Time Hill is the most talented of them, and I think with the pace in the race, Dean, that he'll be carried far enough into it that um, I think he'll more than get away with it. I think Time Hill is. I think he is the best horse in this race, and if they can, um, if they can sort this out, it'll be absolutely brilliant. And like the one problem that I have with uh, Florian Porter, though, as well, is that you know no horse has won this race wearing headgear since 1992. Um, it, it just doesn't. Um, headgear doesn't seem to be a good thing at all for this race. So that could be bollocks of a trend, but um, it is there, and I can't imagine that he's the first horse since 1992 to to wear headgear. So it. it it's a very interesting race. Um, I think uh, Time Hill takes the word of stopping and I will be one of the wise guys with a few quid on the storyteller because I just think he's improved all around him this season and that run into Pertemps last year was huge as well. So he'd be an each way punt of mine, but he's, he's short enough now at 12s as well. So Time Hill is the win, bet Dean. And from the uh, the pace point of view, um, I just think it will suit him down, down to the absolute ground. I, I can see him closing after the last and just taking it up and uh, just short enough that he won't uh, he won't throw it away. Yep, yep, I'm with you. I think we could see something pretty special from Time Hill on the day. Sounds like we might need to, given uh, the, the the negative. Uh, might see something around. special. He might jump the last, take it up, turn around, and run back and jump the last again. I'd say now, based and on still him. win. He'll be <laughs> still that win, yeah. clear and still win. That's what you want. Um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. Do you, ever feel, do you ever feel? I feel bad sometimes. You know, when you're slagging a horse like that. Like, do you know, what if the owners are listening, or the fellow that bred it, or? I do. I genuinely would feel bad now that I hope uh, no one takes offence. Ah, you I didn't did, say anything. I, like I said, I think you. <laughs> yeah, you, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, you were you, you were more trying to get a deal. He's a nice, he's yeah. a nice yeah. dog. Dogs are lovely anyway. Everyone. Yeah. Loves it was a pig actually, Cass. Yeah, yeah. It was a pig. Yeah, yeah. everyone likes pigs <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, no problem with pigs on uh, on this podcast anyway. Pig, plenty of them. Right, so uh, let's let's move on to the rest of day three. Uh, Dave Weldon, there's a, there's a few races for you to pick from, uh, like of the plate. Uh, what else do we have on the Thursday? We have the Mayor's Novice. Um, we have the Kim Muir. Uh, floor is yours. Give us your best. I can hear the notes. So Yeah, yeah, they're just there. Um, if I don't win money on the Thursday, I won't win money. Uh, He's done this on parchment paper, has he? It's like one yeah. of those, you know, those quills or something. So, um, yeah. In the in the pretense, come on, Teddy, yeah. I think, is the best handicap horse in it. He ran mm-hmm. in Imperial Alcazar's race um, at Warwick. Yeah, Sam Swiss and Davis had a bit of a mare on him, to be honest. He kind of ducked in behind horses a few times and Peter Lacter got a clear run down down the outside and went and won it. I think the, the weight turnaround there would be enough to see him reverse that form. And I think he, he's well handicapped at 139 to win the pretemps. Um, then in the Paddy Power Plate, Midnight Shadow is about 20 to 1. I think he's overpriced. He's only one pound higher than finishing miles behind. Now he was miles behind um, Chapman Street Lad in the Caspian Caviar Gold Cup, but he was then, in turn, miles clear of the rest of the field. So he's only one pound higher there. He's good course in distance form. 
and I think he'll go well in the Paddy Power Plate. And plan of attack, I think will win the Kim Muir. He's one pound lower than last year. This seems to have been the plan. Rachel will ride, obviously, because it's the sad news. The amateurs can't ride, um, which kind of changes the face of them races, really, because you Does. can't just pick um, a Jamie Todd or a Darren Connor or whoever you, the jockeys are already the same um, to, a, a, to an extent. Um, and then I think Glenza Bantram has a massive chance in the Mare's Novice. Now, she's been a bit of a talking horse and the price is contracted, but if you look at her three runs, yes, she hasn't won, but been behind Blue Lord, um, Statler, and the name of the other horse is gone from me. Um, Mr. Incredible. Mr. Incredible, yeah. So that's all good form. Back in her own sex, um, I think she takes a fair bit of stopping. And that's that. Okay, Dave. Uh, like I say, Thursday, a bit of a make or break day for Dave Weldon, but... Uh, Stephen, what else have you got across those um, races? I mean, they're, they're punting puzzles of the highest order, but there's a bit of value maybe still. Yeah, uh, in the Mayor's Novice, I, I quite like Magic Days of Henry's. I'd just be a bit, we were talking about, you know, Honeysuckle, and I think she's a good thing, and just be a bit worried about yeah. Henry's form now. I, I, he's only had one horse place out of 16 runners uh, since the day after Jason the Militant ran, so... From, from then on so he's got a couple of runners now running today I'd hope rather see them run a bit better uh, but Magic Days was third to Gare de Manil on debut then bolted up with Clamel really good jumper uh, like her I think they're much of a muchess now that the, the mayor's novices uh, they've all been beating each other so you could take a chance on her good ground could be better for her she's won two flat races on good in France and yep. if Henry send them over at all like 38% of his runners at Cheltenham out of 167 runners, 38% of them have placed. So he doesn't yeah, send them another chance. And I might, I, I love, I love back in Willie's complete rags at Cheltenham. So if he sends uh, Manito Park, she will, she chased Santa Rosa home the last day. She's kind of an even money and three starts and maidens finishing, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, that kind of a thing. But if they're going to run her with the Manier in the Manier colors, um, I just think they think a lot of her and maybe good ground and a strong pace would be what suits her because she wears a hood. So Manito Park, she could be 100 to 1, 200 to 1. Uh, I'll back her as well in the Mayor's Novices. And the other one I really, really like uh, currently, let me see what best price you'll get on this, in the plate. I was delighted to see this horse. Now. Pardon? Might be as short as 10s if I know where you're going. Uh, there is 12s there, is there? Um a wave of the sea in the plate, taken out of the Grand Annual today, which I was delighted to see. Uh, won a handicap chase at Leperstown over two miles. Um, rated 142, only a pound higher than his Irish mark. Uh, pretty mm. much JP's only dart at the plate. Um, 10s, 12 to 1, whatever it is. 10 to 1 is a good price. I think this thing will go off uh, 4 or 5 to 1 favourite. So, uh, but you know, this horse is crying out for a step up and trip. Um, really good form in the juvenile division last year uh, yeah. has won a big handicap of 133 at Leopardstown in Ireland so to be running off 141 in England is no stretch perhaps Simon Torrance will claim 5 as well uh, but I think he'd have a massive massive chance OK and was there no view on the Potemps? N- no I don't really have any view on the Potemps no Fair enough fair enough Demo summarise the uh, the remaining couple of races there on uh, day 3 before we do wrap up this half of the second uh, preview show yeah, of course. Um, so uh, the boss is Oscar in the pretemps. If they claim off him, um, and he'd be very interesting there. Obviously, that he's that man Jordan Gainford. That man Jordan Gainford, and man. Um, yep. just just with how much that yard have been using him of late in an awful lot of different types of races. I think they are trying to train him up for something like this. So of 151, arguably too high, but if you get a claimer he on his claim, back, doesn't he? Yeah. He's down, yeah. like you know. Yeah. And he's back interesting again. But there's one of the big price there as well that, that I didn't mention in the uh, preview night because by the time we got to the, the handicaps, my uh, my head was gone nearly. We were, we were so tired. But um, Honest Vic there, I know he's 150. The trainer has been too honest with him uh, to win three runs back. But that was a huge effort in the Coral Cup last year when fifth. Um, and this horse has some serious form on good ground, including in, in Cheltenham in October when the ground was good. Now he's up to a mark of 150. Um, I hope that they do get some sort of a claimer on his back as well um, because he just has the back form there, 25 to 1, that he could be very interesting in a pretemps. Um, and whilst like, the the front of the market are all very good, um, Imperial Alcazar of 147 doesn't scream exactly well handicapped to me. Boss Oscar is definitely not well handicapped. And while Champagne Platinum could be well handicapped, 
I think he's very soft. Uh, come on, Teddy's a good shout from uh, from Weldo. But uh, honest Vic, um, if they can claim off him as well, I think he'd be very interesting there. At 25s with his course form. Um, in the plate, uh, conflated. Rancho already now, again, he's been very well found now in the market. I put him up a few weeks ago on this podcast, but he's now 8-1. to one. Um, And uh, But uh, Mrs. Denise Foster doesn't have much of a Cheltenham record, but she she should be okay, I think. And um, Midnight Shadow as well, at 20-1. to one, That was a big run behind uh, Chatham Street Lad. If he does turn up here, I think he's very interesting because, as Stephen Cass has said on this podcast before, that Mars Chase run, he was the only one to try and go with those front three. So... Yep. Off a mark of 149, he's he's quite interesting. And then just to finish out the card, uh, the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, Glens of Antrim for everything that uh, David Weldon said. And then in the uh, Kim Weir, uh, Disha Abba is the one I like in this, going back for it again off the very same mark. So he'd be quite interesting as well, Dave. Yeah, I like Disha Abba. And De- I like Deisha. Deisha Abba. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Deisha yeah, Abba. Do you know what? I got it wrong on the preview night and I've just got it wrong the other, with the it other way. It combines my two main loves in life, hurling and the Eurovision. Ah, class. Yeah, it does, of course. And I actually did that joke on the preview night. <laughs> we'll let that one go. Oh, yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah, I heard that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one laughed, but I'll take that laugh now as, as, as that was it was all right. So, yeah, Deisha Arba. Um, I like the boss's Oscar. I like Espoir de Guy. You should always go with a Venetia Williams horse in the plate. Um, Espoir de Guy is the one, I think, uh, this time round. And I've no view on uh, that mare's race. Happy to let that one pass me by. Okay, that is the end of part one of this preview of days three and four at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, you're listening to The Race Hour brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, all the way to the Cheltenham Festival to its end, to its conclusion, with Tony Bett. You're listening to The Race Hour podcast in association with bookmakers.co.uk. Brought to you by Tony Bett for Cheltenham Festival 2021. Cheltenham 21 on The Race Hour. Brought to you by Tony Bett. Hello and welcome back to part two of our second Cheltenham Festival preview show here on The Race Hour, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Tony Bett all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021. It's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan, Dave Weldon and Stephen Cass, and we're on to day four already. At this point, hopefully you're a, a good bit up and can start getting stuck in. If you're chasing, it might not be the easiest card you'll ever find to get out because it kicks off with the triumph and there's going to be some mixed allegiances here. It's Tritonic for Alan King, uh, Zana here for uh, Sneezy Foster and um, and Quillick's loss with Henry de Bromhead now. And uh, I do think it's a three-horse race, but um, Stephen Cass, do you think it's a three-horse race, the triumph that gets us underway on day four? No, I'd always look for one in the triumph. I mean, you know, there was one one last year whose name nobody can ever remember that one uh, we all know, gosh, and fell. Uh, Pentland Hills, like there's countless examples, Countrywide Flame. It, it pays in the triumph throughout uh, history to to look outside the obvious. Um, there could be different things happening, horses improving at different times. So I will always do that. Uh, of the ones at the top of the market, Tritonic has beaten nothing, like really, really beaten nothing. Like beat a couple of Davidons the last day. Uh, I just, I don't see it. It doesn't jump that well. Uh, should be five to one, six to one, I would have thought. Um, just the Irish form is just that bit more solid and they've been running against each other in proper graded contests, you know, and Zanahir should be favourite. Um, outside the obvious, then if I was looking for one, if you're a forgiven type, Umdor ran really, really badly the last day, but it was very quickly off a bad fall. And if they can have him right, if you if you look at the race at the bad fall, he travelled all over to Upu, who's now rated one thirty eight in Ireland, right? One one forty one or whatever he'd be at the UK eyes. Like he conceivably could have skated in, in that race by five or six lengths. Druid's altar was fifteen lengths back. He's now rated one thirty three. Uh just I just think Leprosound came too soon. That could be the best bit of novice form of, of juvenile form in Ireland or England had he stood up. Now you have to give it the bad run, but he's 40 to 1. The strong pace is really going to suit uh, and it'll help him travel into it. If Willie doesn't run that French horse that's never ran over here, uh, oh, Calea. If he doesn't oh, run him, yeah. if he doesn't run him, Townend's going to be on this fella. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to chance him at 40s and hope that he has recovered uh, his fairy horse form. Yep. Okay, I can understand that because these look tight prices at the top of the market and there's lots of unexposed flesh. So if you can find something 
uh, like you say, it paid in the past to do exactly that. Uh, Dave Weldon, are you sticking to the top of the market here? Um, I've been burned before, Dean, so um, I, I, I probably won't. But um, I think Zanier will win. I think he's the best horse. Um, I think he's the best horse going forward as well. Um, I like what Cass is saying there about Ewan uh, Door. He's he looks a good horse, um, and there's a lot of money for that other French horse that I won't even attempt to outdo your pronunciation. Yeah, you go. Um, but like, you go past him, and it's twenty to one bar. Like it's it's outside the top three. It doesn't look the best um, triumph, but the top three are good. The burning victory was was fourteen to one last year when Gotham fell, Um and she had won a fairy house. That fairy house race this year wasn't that good. And um, the two bonus horses were well beaten in it. And uh, who won it? I, I, I probably stick on here and maybe a couple of multiples. But I, as I say, like I've been Sir Eric and a few other horses at short prices in, in Triumph. Um, but I think he is the best Zana here. Yep. Okay. Dermanol. Uh, yeah, Zana here wins this for me, Dean. Um, I think he's simple as uh, that. I think he's yeah. I don't actually, yeah, I don't actually even want to go further now. I said in a preview, I, I think this market is the biggest um, advertisement, which is the carry away thing that uh, is the uh, <laughs> is the biggest advertisement for um, for recency bias. Tritonics beating nothing, and I just think that performance at Fairy House and Christmas, it was a plan to put him away. I can't believe that they're joint favourites, um, and Tritonic is favourite in parts. I just think Zanier takes the absolute world of stopping. Yeah, look, there's only been two horses, really, that really advertised Cheltenham uh, claims recently, and that's Champ and Tritonic, and both of them shortened massively. And that's because we're all a bit starved of, uh, of, of these these runners. So that's that's what happened. And uh, Tritonic is too short now, for sure. But he is a, a 99 flat-rated horse with Alan King, who sent worse to the race and won. So uh, he deserves to be somewhere up there. I don't think he deserves to be favourite, though, at this point. Um, yeah, fascinating start to... Day four will be the triumph for sure. Um, okay, what about the Albert Bartlett? Um, Dave, a race that I'm totally underwhelmed by, to be honest. And, and I've made a case on this pod and on the preview night for Adramel. And at the prices, that's where I'd be. But have you found, have you made some kind of head or tail of the top end? Well, not really, Dean. Like uh, I've said this before, I like Fakira, but he's short enough now. I like Adramel. I thought he was good the last day. And you can't knock a horse who's three ones beside your name. Um, but the rest of the English form is 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 all over the place. Um, there's one that ran recently, um, 26 days ago for Henry Bromhead, who has a decent enough record in this race. Um, Atlantic Ferry. Um, I thought if we went for this, 33 to one would underestimate that chances, and that'd be where I'd go. But um, it's it's an underwhelming looking, and um, for all that it's going to be competitive uh, out of purpose. Yeah, it is for me. I mean, something out of that top group of Statler, Fakira, Barbados, Bucks, Toriograph, Alaphilippe, oh yeah, I've mentioned them. Um, something like that could come forward and, and, and make a mockery of them. But I couldn't tell you which one because I'm not taken by any of them, Stephen Cass. I, I, I love the look of this race because it is so wide open, so you can take an yep. opinion. But the only thing is they've kind of all shortened from when we looked at this anti-post, like... Yep. Statler was nines, Fakir was eights, Barbados Bucks was 14s, Torgas was 14s. They're all pretty much, you know, to bones at half those prices now. Um, I still like Tory Graf. I think the form is working out well. He's only had three runs over hurdles, second to power over pause over a trip too short. That was fine. Uh, then he went to Thurlis and he beat Velvet Elvis 13 lengths. Velvet Elvis has won twice since. He's rated 132. Like they were 30 lengths ahead of Takarengo, who's, you know, very consistent, 115, 120 horse. Um, then he went to Thurlis and won again and won the race that Monkfish won. Uh, the second that day was just touched off in a group three, a grade three. So I think Tory Graf, I just love the way he jumps and the way he finishes his race. It's like really, 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 really powerful stare. But he, he's got a really good cruising speed as well. Uh, Cast, he, um, just to back you up on that, sorry to uh, butt in, but the the 12 of the last 15 winners of this race all ran over three miles. He's done that as well. Like So there's there's definitely an awful lot for him, isn't there? Yeah, I I just love him. I love him. I love him. I think that... I think, you know, Dermo, I know you like Farouk Delen, but I, I'd say they just think Toregraph's a good way ahead of him. And, you know, he's the number they one They really as well. didn't. They really didn't. But um, they really, really didn't. Uh, Farouk Delen was the, the one always. But I never could find out. Um, it doesn't look like Farouk Delen is, is fit and healthy 
Cass because there's there was just... no there's there's been no mention of him for weeks. Even Gordon Elliott's went before all the furore, even before his um on his stable tour, Farouk Delane wasn't even on it, and that's about four weeks ago now. So I don't know what's happened with that horse, but it just yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so anyway. Yeah, I love Toriograph for, for for the reason said there. And yeah. do we know if Adramel is going for this or like we're close enough? Would yeah. they not fucking no. tell us? No, he's going on. for the Bartlett. He's been left in the today, left in the the Ballymore. Yeah, um, no, going for this. I think there was a story out yesterday from the trainer saying that this was the the race. So okay, I think you'd be happy enough. I think that Warwick race that he won giving weight was the best novice hurdle ran in England the this season. Um, on debut he, or not on debut but he's beaten the 143 rate of Grumpy Charlie over two miles like that was really good like this guy's a stayer and like to give to give way to Grumpy Charlie who's now rated 143 over two miles very impressive uh, Warwick he gave way to make me a believer who I think is a really good horse and has a chance in this if you want a big price one Midnight River was fourth he's won since the fifth is won since that Warwick race was really really good and I think Adramel should be close to favours. So, you know, while I like Toriograph, he's shortened a lot. I think he's the best of the Irish. Uh, but 16 to 1 Adramel is a huge price. And um, yep. yeah, I think he, I, he's, he's the best. You know, I agree. Uh, Lacey said yesterday that it will leave him in the other races, but they're leaning towards the Albert Bartlett and that fits the bill. Yeah. So I think that is, uh, we take that as in that's where he's going to go all being well, which is. You know, he's a nice price. I think there's there's plenty of upside in him. And the only time he's been beaten, Stephen, was the bumper, right? Where, you know, over two miles at Cheltenham. That's totally acceptable. Yeah, I'm so a lot of horses in the bumper. They don't perform for whatever reason. But, like, you know, if you can handle Warwick and the tight turns, and I don't, I don't think I don't think Cheltenham will be a problem for him. Yeah. That's a bad yep. comparison now comparing Warwick and Cheltenham. I, I, I regret that statement, but I, I just don't <laughs> think track's going to be an issue for him. You know, he's quite a straightforward. I think there was a lot of education in that run as well, Stephen. If you listen to connections before the race and after the race, they were like, we really wanted to stick these pieces on. We really wanted to Dickie to make lots of use of him. We really wanted to see how he'd go, you know, on his head. And I think um, they learned plenty. So well, I hope, I hope they don't make too well much done. use of him and do the usual English jockey, hammer the shit out of him get beaten, jump in the last in front thing. You know, they need to hold well, on to the race. I, I hope guess. that doesn't happen as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very big generalisation there. <sighs> Fine, yeah, okay. Find me a hold-up English jockey that's not Irish, but go on. Yeah, maybe Harry Compton, maybe. <laughs> Skelton, maybe, as well. Oh, there's a few. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Skelton. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. True. Anyway, Dickie's on this one, right? So, um, you, you'll get you'll get a Dickie Johnson power leading, pack yeah. finish. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. We move on. We found. I think. I think we've nailed the Albert Bartlett. Um, and um, in a good way. hold on, hold, Don. Yeah, you have, hold, you have to get oh, fancy. Oh, hold on, I, was, I, uh, meant to say, I also fancy an outsider here. <laughs> no, no, no. Go on. I no, always joking either. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I do not. I just do the Pat's fancy section again. It just, but I, it just has to get mentioned because it's, you know I got so much dogs abuse for this horse. You know when you get so much dogs abuse for something, you end up just getting more stubborn with it. Then and the um, but just, just you know. Um, I'd love for him to go out there now, run his race, and I just I would take like a good solid eight or nine length wind, Dean. You know, uh, eight or nine length wind. God, I thought you were going to say finish eight. That was well done. <laughs> that was well done because I was going to hammer you for that. No, that's fine. <laughs> if he runs, just eight, just if he runs bad, length. like if he finishes last, would we try and buy him? Would we get like? <laughs> yeah. We could try and buy him. Yeah. Where we'll we buy him? Go fund me, uh, We could. Uh, we could He's only worth about fifteen grand. We don't need a fucking go fund me. Three, three grand each from all the contributors to the to the race hour, and we loan him. Yeah, I, I we can get Paddy back. Risk. We can get Paddy back riding as well. Imagine that. Yeah. Now that that would be that would be some that would be some feat. Okay, like that's that's the plan, right? If he does come last, we'll we'll put a bid in. Yeah, yeah we'll cool, see, perfect. We'll see yeah. We can get hold of. But I mean, look, realistically, Demo, you do fancy him. We all know that. So a fifties, uh, you can't, you can't be slagged for putting up a fifty to one shot uh, in a race at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, they do win. I was though. It, it did happen, just to point that out. But the, uh, the uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, I just think that he could run very, very well. I like him a lot. So okay, he's by Oscar as well. Good ground to be a big thing. Yeah, yeah, and Adam Wedge because. I messaged Dean about a night before the previous night. And I said, I can't find one quote about this goddamn horse anywhere. And then um, Adam Wedge was on some preview night. And he actually reckons as well that the horse could 
could run a big race. So hopefully, you don't so. know who's going to ride now though. Dan. They might no, ball- uh, Sean Bowen probably. I'd say they might Sean ballot Bowen. him out, Dermo, for not being rated high enough. If there's too many decks. Oh yeah, probably, probably. But yeah, look. but Dermo could ring the handicap and get that mark change pretty swift. I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're still talking about him anyway. Yeah, Look, for the previous years, it's been honeysuckle. It's, not, it's nice to have a different horse to, uh, to hang our hat on. Yeah. Come on, Pat Fancy. Okay, let's move on to the big one on uh, the final day, of course, and the big one of the week, um, the Gold Cup. Um, Dave, well, I'm going to let you go first on the Gold Cup. Um, album Photo is bidding for three. He is, and it's Roy favourite, and has done nothing wrong, and etc etc everything's been said about him that needs to be said cliche 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 yeah yeah, that's yeah. It. Um, Champ was very good the last day except three miles I'd worry about his jumping um, he's 92 now he's short enough um, Prodon has no chance Kenboy no chance Mel Indo no chance on this year's form but if he came back to his RSA run last year he'd have a chance Royal Pagale probably has no chance but is a bit unexposed still Santini no chance Nate River no chance at 11, um, especially on good ground. And then you're into the rags. So the one I left out there is the one I fancy, Akutard. Um, yep. I think he, the way he won the the travels at Christmas just kind of suggests to me that when they get going up the hill, he'll do them for a bit of that two-mile toe that he has and he'll go past them and he'll win. And I think he's the one to do it. He fits that profile of the horse coming into it off, you know, a, a, an improvement for a step up in trip, um, seemingly good on the clock um, with, with a trainer that perhaps is more famous for training them over shorter distances, but that's where Aplutard came from. Um, yeah, I wasn't blown away by the Savills, but I'm the only one and I keep saying it. So, okay, Aplutard for, for Dave. Um, Stephen Cass. Um, I'm coming around to agree with you on the Savills. Uh, Dean, I think. On what yeah. what basis? Because I was getting slammed for saying this the first time round. So what have you, what have you come to? What is the conclusion? Well, we've Manilendo had a chance. I just think Melon ran so bad again the next day that <sighs> the race just might have fallen apart. Was, a bit. Yeah, cast, that was completely different tactics for Melon. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was totally different. And look, yeah. I still love to see Melon on good ground in the Gold Cup. Uh, I'd love to see him go forward and just sit in behind the two leaders but it was a bit of a pace collapse in the Savile so the, I, I just I don't I, look Aplutard is fine but I don't think you know 5-1 to 6-1 to one, leave him alone I, I want to leave him alone when he's that short Champ mm. I want to leave him alone because of his jumping Frodon mm. I want to leave him alone because I don't think he'll get home over three two. Native River's too old. He has absolutely no chance on the ground. Menelendo hasn't shown enough this season to to suggest he should be around ten to one to go a cup. Royal Pagai the grounds. Maybe Santini might put it together. And might. but I think like Willie's probably gonna have an absolute barnstorm and week and album photo will be going off six to four in the gold cup. So just back album photo five to two and cross your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, I have nothing to say on it. It's a shit goal. Is it just it's shit goal cup from a punting perspective? Maybe that's I've done, all, done all my yeah. dough anti posts. Yeah, it's not an exciting market, and there's nothing outside of the front three in the market. Album photo champ, a Plutard. Like two of those, like champ, you can't see him winning because of his jumping, and a Plutard doesn't really look good enough to win a gold cup. So it's just not an exciting race, not an exciting market. It's a poor Gold Cup, if you ask me. And we were all excited about the Gold Cup at the start of the season. We said it was the worst champion hurdle ever. And now it's, I've never looked forward to a champion hurdle like this. <laughs> and enough. the Gold Cup is absolute muck. Um, yep. But I think Album Ford is a fair price of 5-2. to two, And that's the name of the game. Yeah, I think the market now tells me that I could still back champ at 5 because I'm finding it hard to find something to 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 beat him bar Album Photo. And at five to one, I take that. But I do appreciate the jumping consent, although I was far more impressed with him over that two mile. And I just think the way that they ride champ will be key here. Just um, have him somewhere up on uh, Froden's rear end and, and don't mind taking a cut of the fences would be the way I'd go. It but, was um, interesting. I heard Garrity say that, um, it, you know, that they were throwing him into fences at Newbury, really seeing a stride and lengthening. And he said that horse wasn't there in the RSA. He didn't have any choice mm. but to shorten into them. 
Yeah. So maybe he really has improved his jumping. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a I, savage engine. Like I, I tipped up champ for a champion hurdle here on this podcast once. I think he's sure. an absolute superb engine on him. I just couldn't trust his jumping. Yeah, fair enough. And you have to take a chance. But see, if there was, if this was the Gold Cup that we thought was going to be at the start of the season, I wouldn't be taking a chance on champ at fives. But now I see what's actually there. I think, I think fives is fair enough. Derma. I completely agree with uh, with everything that uh, Cass said there. Um, I have been trying to find an angle into this race for quite a while, and I've just landed on the conclusion that um, Alvin Voto just wins the. Mm-hmm. And five to two is fair, Dama? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, the whole talk of um, I see some pundits saying that uh, oh, he won't have pace to deal with like this. He sorry. He won't have dealt with pace like this before, but he did that first year in the Gold Cup. He just blew it apart. Like you know, the horses that 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 stayed on that day were Annabelle Fly, who was in the form of his life that season, and uh, Bristol Demai, who on his day is a good horse. But he just blew them away. And then the second year they weren't going quick enough, so Paul Townend and uh, Nico de Boinville had to try and force the pace themselves, uh, which you know wouldn't have suited Album and definitely wouldn't have suited Santini. So yeah, I think it's. Um, it's very strong form, and I think Alvin Fodo, none of the rest of them, have got up to this level. Yeah. The, the okay. question about form with Alvin Fodo, it, it's often thrown at him. And he, the thing about his form is, while the Gold Cup form might not look that good, he faced a peak, peak Kemboy, and, you know, there was a, a neck between them or a head or a short head or whatever it was, a punch stone, and they were miles clear. That's proper in the 170s form. And the time he ran out at... Um, Punchestown when he was going to win like he was going to beat the storyteller by you know a distance that day and you know that was a good race Mona Lee was in it as well. rainbow yeah like that that wasn't a bad race you know and and he was going to win that I thought very easily so his I form, still think he was going to win that RSA as well Cass well I, I I don't think he would have been presented Percy that day but I have made you know I have said on here he was still in it and he probably would have ran on well but his form knock the gold cup is you could you could do that with a lot of gold cups uh, yeah. but the thing with album photo is his jumping's very sketchy I, I, the reason i'm not being dogmatic on him i think he'd be a great better fight too as a good jumper but he's not a good jumper and he, he you know he throws in bad ones and he's gotten away with it in two gold cups but they're just two horse races he can he can throw a bad one in, in this horse race and he can fall or he can rule himself out of the race so that's why i'm just not very i don't David I'm Mullen not said the previous night this gold cup at all David Mullen said in the previous night because he fell on him before uh, Cass and he said that uh, he had no belief in this horse at all because he just said he couldn't figure out his legs but he said when you watched him since that first novice season if you watch him now he just seems to have the ability that even when he makes a mistake his feet are just coming out much quicker it's like he learned a lesson from that from those falls particularly at Cheltenham he seems to make the mistakes still kind of slight mistakes but he's just finding his feet like you know the mistake in the first year two out that was a bad error but yeah. he was he was just quick enough and smart enough that his feet came out and he just kept going then so I yeah. think his was his jumping might be poor I think his cleverness kind of gets him away with it it does but I'd rather have a good jumper on my yeah side. yeah of course of course of course you yeah, know. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah 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 okay not not much love for this gold cup I think I think that's fair based on what we thought it was going to be. and um, But it is what it is. And if Album Photo wins three, that'll go down. We're already in the history books winning two. But if it wins three, and as a bad jumper, that'd be some feat. That would be uh, some and feat. he would be winning three as a bad jumper. And I, I, you definitely back him now because in all likelihood, Willies will be going well and he'll be in the multiples um, and he will be six to four at the off because of history and so on. Like all the, all that, the yeah. 10 and 20 punters yeah, yeah. are going to want to back him. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I can see him them shoving him out in the morning and you know around the SP will be around. Yeah, he's eleven to four there now on Betfair. If it, if they were running the race now, I would back him myself certainly at eleven to four, five to two, nine to two. So I'd say, you know, take the eleven to four there now. Okay, all right. That is the Cheltenham Gold Cup, and that is the big races on the final day of the Cheltenham Festival, twenty twenty one. But what about the supporting cards, Stephen Cass? Have you got some bets elsewhere on the Friday? I think just one. What races have we? We have the we have the Hunters, the Mares Chase, the Martin Pipe. Uh, you county. They have the county exactly. I'm told that Colerivi definitely runs. That's the the scoop in Dungarvan where her owners are based. So that's interesting mm-hmm. for the Mares Chase. 
Um, just keeps the price nice on LMA, surely. Yeah, I think LMA will win. It's absolutely a muck race. Like, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no view on that race. Uh, in the Martin Pipe, I really like one here. St. Saint, Deroux, Saint who is uh, third or fourth uh, in the Labrox Hurdle at Leprestown. That's the biggest handicap hurdle in Ireland every year. Uh, he led the Fred Winter jump in the last, last year, but he'd gone a bit too hard in the Fred Winter. And he still managed... Do you remember the Fred Winter? that We watched it together. And there was about a thousand of them coming to the last there in a cavalry charge. And he still managed to stay on well and hold off the rest for third. Uh, I think the step up and trip is going to be massive for Santru. He's a massive price. He's at 20, 25 to 1. He was 133 in the Fred Winter last year. He's only off 138 in this. And that's despite running really well in Irish handicap hurdles. His pedigree is all staying. Uh, really, really fancy Santru in in the Martin Pipe. And... Yeah. Uh, the county herd. Will you come back to me on the county until I find my notes? We'll let, uh... Of course I can, yeah. Dave, you can fire away on the rest of day four. Yeah, I don't have much now for day four. I'm not in the Fox Hunters, not in the Mares. Um, I think Eddie May wins the Mares. Fox Hunters doesn't really appeal to me this year. And the county, I, I need to see the, the field much lower. Uh, third time Would you be a Storing Glory fan in the in the county if they, uh, if they skip the opener? I think he was let off leniently for his um, bet for a win, only getting ten pounds. Um, sure. So if they went there, I think I would on good ground. Um, third time lucky looks like he's going to go there as well. Yeah. Um, he's Golf a good day, Yeah, he will. Given the skeleton track record in the race, and I just want to see what Willie kind of sends to it as well. He's a couple entered there that like the Blue Lord is there. He could potentially go there, but like he yeah. goes supreme. So I just want to see that field trim down a little bit. But the one I really fancy on the Friday is Gentleman to Me in the Martin Pipe. Now, his, his price is completely gone. Um, he's 5-1, to one, pays is 6-1. to one. He was 25-1 yeah. to one last week. Um, but like, he takes a lot of boxes. Willie Mullins, ex-French, uh, had one run in Ireland at JP owned. Um, the time was really good the last day. I'll just run through it quickly. So his uh, two-mile uh, race was 3 minutes 58 seconds. There was four of the races that day, and that was the quickest by two seconds. The other maiden division was four minutes, four seconds. So he's six seconds quicker than that. And then I hand-timed it from three furlongs out um, with You Raised Me Up. And he was the same time as You Raised Me Up. Um, and he was eased down, and You Raised Me Up was flat out. Um, so I really like the horse. I think he's potentially um, a grade one animal. Um, not potentially, I think he is a grade one animal. And he's just been given a mark of 139 by the English handicapper. Didn't have a mark in Ireland. Um, and I think the handicapper probably has led him in lightly here. And I think he will win the mark Nice. Nice way to end the, the meeting potentially for you. And you do need those types of horses in uh, in these handicaps. Stephen, I said I'd come back to you for the county. Yeah, um, I did have one. He mightn't run, let's see. But anyway, Milkwood, uh, who... He was ba- he would have won the Jerry Fielding, but he was basically mullered. Uh, he was only beaten two lengths. He ran on again after being stopped uh, when Floressa won. So he was effectively a winner without a penalty. I thought going into the Betfair hurdle, and he really ta- he's a he's a real travelly horse now. You, you you can pick him out a mile away, uh, whereas Sheepskin Noseband travels away like Archibald. And then he just <laughs> he ran he just from the back of the last. In uh, I want to see did something come to light. Uh, that he burst because if there's an excuse then you can forgive that um his back form is really good like he beat does he know what maiden hurdles uh he was only five lengths behind so royale in a really really good welsh champion hurdle he was ahead of buzz that day buzz has gone up about the bones of 20 pounds since then yeah and he is pretty much on the same mark so i think milkwood um if we get something that came to light but if not he'll probably be 50 to 1 on the day with six, seven places. And he's, he definitely has the ability to be much better than a 140 horse. So I'd give him a little squeak. He's, his dam was Tropical Lake. Some people might remember that. I think Michael Howergan used to train her in the 90s. Uh, good, very good horse. Um, just for, for the, the nostalgia generation the that we have. historians out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so Milkwood giving a shout out. A very big price for that county. Uh, Demo, quick summary of your final thoughts for the other races on Gold Cup Day. Uh, yeah, of course. So in the, I'll start with the county hurdle. Uh, you raised me up. Very interesting just because of what uh, Paddy Aspel said. Um, champagne Gold as well off 144. I think that was a blinding run. Uh, 
the last day uh, should improve an awful lot for that and has some very smart novice form with the likes of uh, Fakira etc and then there's another one here that if she gets in uh, getaway gorgeous there was only there was only a head or a short head between her and drop the anchor at the stole um she's gone up seven pounds with the english rating but that would i think might get her in here off 136 and the horse that beat her that day dropped the anchor obviously she gave that horse eight pounds when you consider simon torrance's uh, rating and dropped the anchor was a very good winner at the double racing festival afterwards so getaway gorgeous there's about 33 to one no guarantee she'll go but at those odds it's definitely worth taking because Willie Mullins does have outsiders win in these handicaps, and I think a mad pace will really suit her. Really, really suit her. So I think Getaway Gorgeous is a huge price in that uh, race. Um, then in the Martin Pipe... Hang, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You didn't mention 50 Ball, and we've talked about 50 Ball for this race forever. You tipped three other horses against it in a I've left that for you. I'm hoping that only two of these four actually turn up because I've got four for the county and two for the Martin Pipe and three for the Martin Pipe. So oh I'm hoping my God. Okay, do the, do the Martin I'm Pipe. I'm hoping the, the, ap- the actual declarations just kind of help me out here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin Pipe, uh, Gabby Nackoff, 141, Baron of Adon of 135. I've gone on, on enough about that horse in the mm. past and Mill Green of 140. Just that was a huge run in the, um, in the Martin Pipe last season. If that horse can jump a bit better, I think he could get an awful lot closer of absolutely huge prices. And uh, that is it, Dean. Okay, I'm completely done with the Martin Pipe after last year, having you know, <laughs> so Fair many enough. hopes Fair and enough. dreams running into that race. And what struck me by it is that when they lined up for it, and I realised this was near the end of the whole shebang, and that you know we were so invested in the boss's Oscar, and not necessarily financially, but hopes and dreams, right? And then you see that huge lineup, then you see the start, and I was like, God, oh, this is crap. I'm done. That's me. I'm finished with the Martin Pipe, so I won't be going back there. I'll be staying well away from it. Uh, LMA and the Mayor's Chase, yeah, I think um, that is the way to go. Um, 50 ball in the county. Um, I think it could be a good week for Gary Moore in terms of, I don't know how Goshen will go in the champion, but hopefully go well for them. And then, of course, you hope so, anyway. Yeah, yeah, why not? And um, 50 ball and Botox has, I think, a big live shouts from him in the Coral and the county. So, I'll be keeping them, them on side for sure. Right. I do need to do something before we move on to the, the kind of final, very final part of this. Um, I need the kind of nap of the second two days from everybody. So, Dave, do you want to go first? Your best bet of the uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, I'll go with Come On Teddy in the Pretemps and Gentleman to Me in the Martin Point. Very good. Stephen Cass, Thursday and Friday, best uh, bet. Fusil raffles without and yep. a wave of the sea in the plate. Lovely. I don't know, that, that's probably two Thursdays. That doesn't matter. They are, they're two Thursdays. Oh, sorry, that's fine. Okay, okay. Uh, that's yeah, that's and, fine. And, and yeah. on the Friday, I think Adramel 16 to 1 should be at least half that price. I'm with you on that one as well. Um, Demo, best of Thursday, best of Friday. Um, a torn between Melon and Conflated. So uh, Melon in the Ryanair and then uh, obviously Pat's fancy each way, but uh, Zana here to win in the Triumph. Okay, Time Hill and Champ for me uh, across those two days. Now, we need the best bet of the whole week. So if people are listening to this in advance and you give me a – sorry, if people are listening to this after day one and day two, which is very possible, and you give me a nap for those days, well, you'll, you'll live or die by what you, what you decide to say. But hopefully they're listening to it before it happens. So nap of the whole week, Dermot Nolan, your very best. Uh, my very best is, again, Gayer Domainiel or Happy Go Lucky. I'll go Gayer Domainiel. Sure, double on them. I mean, you, you chickened out a Gail Domeno because the Bob Olinger love on the preview night, which I totally understand. No, it, no, it was because, like because we get £100 for charity, Dina, and just 5-2 to two just felt very short for very, a charity very bet. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's 6-1 to one felt a little bit better for that. But Gail Demille would be my most confident selection for all of Cheltenham. For the whole week. Okay, yeah. Gail Domeno. Uh, very fair. Okay, Dave Weldon, best of the week. Um, I'm going to do... Uh, Embittered and gentlemen to me double. Straight double. Straight double. No messing about. Yeah. No, no like, you know, concessions, nothing like that. Just they'll both win. Um okay, we'll go with that one. Uh, Stephen Cass, best bet of the week. You're only allowed one. What's it gonna be on? Um I think like I think the likes of Fusil Raffles and Adrima that I'm tipping up there will be half the price, but you yeah. know, that's kind of no good to people if they're half the price at the time. Something to win, Stephen, yeah. Give us something that'll win. Grand Wah will win the Coral Cup. Love it. Love it. I, I have a question for you before we sign off. Who yeah. Who will be the shortest priced favourite? Monkfish. And by Alan. 
Dunfish. Shaq and Barcelona have a chance in that? Potentially, no. potentially given the run order, because you could have, Mullins could potentially have five winners before, sorry, four winners before Shaq and at all short odds that could be run up in a multi. Shaq and Barcelona have eight to one in the market. I thought he could go off four to seven, which might do it, you know? No, he Monkfish, won't there, there's a market. Yeah. There's a market on it. Uh, Monkfish evens on violin two to one. Monkfish is one. Monkfish is one to two at the moment. Is he about eight? Eight to sorry, four to seven. One to two. So I think Monkfish will go off yeah. shorter. But it, 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 it will that, be Monkfish. That no, that that two to one on Allen is surely just like the next in the market. There is an Urjamine, and then the next in the market after that is Monkfish. Take them two out, and this that race just the price completely contracts, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, no, because they're priced in. Their I'd say Envoy will go off four to six, four to yeah. seven, four to six, four to seven. What pri- see, I think Monkfish will go off the same price. Yeah, fuck it, this is boring. I'm sorry, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, I promise you, after no one listening now, anyway. everyone already turned off. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's it. It's well, fine. hold on, hold on. Seeing as no one's listening, go back to our best yeah. bets. I'm going to do, I did this last year and the year before, actually. I forgot about this. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I have to do yeah. the multiple. So, go, so, so, this really is bad radio, isn't it? Dave, what was your. Uh... Embittered and gentlemen, the six to one, five to one double. So, okay, now you only get one of them now for the multi. Gentlemen, gentlemen to me. me. Gentlemen yeah. to yeah. me, okay. Let me do a multi here. Gentlemen to me. What is a lot of horses called, gentlemen? Okay, he's in. The Martin Pipe, yeah. Martin Pipe. Save for the Martin Pipe. Okay, go on. Roi for me. Uh, Dermo. Yeah. Uh, Gayard de Menil. Uh, for the Ballymore. Like that one. Like him. Like him. And yourself, Dino. Time Hill. It's a certainty. But I know you don't like it, so if one leg oh, legs Christ you down, you can What does the producer like? <laughs> <laughs> what's his name Richard is it Richard, yeah, but he I always feel bad he's someone else listening in and they don't talk to him Richard what do you like he's is not he here he's not no oh, he doesn't have to listen to Richard that's fair enough okay do you want me to change it for you just for you just for you Stephen Zanza uh, Zanza no 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 yeah, we'll have to leave it in now we'll have to leave yeah. it in have to leave it yeah, in. so it's 839 to 1. Barely feels worth doing, for fuck it. But I'll do it, yeah. We'll do, I'll oh, do a, a, a 2 euro lucky 15 on that. By Pat's fancy over. Um, and we'll give it, what charity we give it to? Uh, fuck know. the jockeys. They don't, look, I've Racing listened, welfare, maybe. So. Yeah, we'll give it to the horses, welfare, not the yeah. jockeys, because I've listened yeah. to yeah, shit yeah, out yeah, of yeah. jockeys now the last two weeks. They don't know anything <laughs> about race. Yes, you were the one this morning. <laughs> Come on, I'm wrap, this, wrap this shit up, Zoe. Thanks very much, lads. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at Bookmakers.co.uk, and of course Tony Bear all the way up to the Cheltenham Festival. And if you're still listening at this point, I wish you all the very best for the Cheltenham Festival 2021. Back plenty of winners, but always uh, back what you can only afford to lose, and enjoy it. Take care, everyone. This episode of the Race Hour was brought to you by Tony Bear our Cheltenham Festival sponsors for 2021. And whether it's the latest trends or hottest festival tips, don't forget to visit bookmakers.co.uk where you'll be covered with top-notch insight before and throughout the week. The Cheltenham Festival 21 on the Race Hour, brought to you by Tony Beck.